0: It's about time, it's about space, it's about saving the human race. It's about hate, it's about love, it's about everything above. It's about war, it's about peace, it's about changing history, it's about you, it's about me, it's about time.
1: Hello and welcome to another week of All In with the Lord. I hope you're having a great week. And I hope the sun is shining where you are and that all things are working together for good for you if you trust the Lord. And uh, if not, if things aren't working all together for good for you, maybe today's program will help stir that up and help us figure out for you what might be holding you back from entering into the, the, uh, the kingdom kind of living where faith rules. Um, you know, the Lord, our Lord Jesus came here on earth and, and he came to demonstrate how we're supposed to be able to uh, not see miracles happen once in a while, but as a lifestyle. Now, I know that that sounds kind of radical and most people don't even understand what that means. But he was a demonstration of what can be done. Do we agree with that? Uh, Now, whether or not it can be done for you and for me, that's another question. But God Almighty sent himself in the form of Jesus, the Christ. And he came here on the earth to help us to recognize and realize who we are. Who we are in Christ, who we are as God created us just like him in his likeness, and are you living like you were created in His image and his likeness that's the question so let's talk about it let's talk about what happened. You know, when Adam was in the garden before all this took place. You know, I know that a lot of people today are are talking about um, UFOs and things that are not, you know, the paranormal and all the things that are going on in the earth cannot be explained. And, um, you know, all I can tell you is that we know, because if you've read the Bible, we already know, yes, there were visitors here. Yes, they came to try to take over this planet. Yes, their only kinds of visitors we've had are not visitors who live like us on another planet, but actually live in another realm, and they're traveling interdimensionally. They're demons and spirits. They're two kinds of things that operate on this earth. The angels of God and the angels of Satan. And, and that we have to get into our head that you're going to hear more and more about that, you know, and, and they're interdimensional, uh, means they can, they're, they're traveling from one dimension to another in time, out of time, whatever. The demonic hosts of Satan are actively trying to get the attention of men and women on the earth that someday they could return in in a physical form. And it's getting closer to that time with AI and all the things that are coming where they could actually interact again with men and women. And I say again because the Bible specifically tells us that they were here And had uh, relations with women, and they created uh, giants, and they created other types of species on the earth that were wiped out uh, during the flood and different things. But they're they're not trying. they're, They're trying to get back, and they're working to get back to take control of mankind. If they can take control of you, see, let's put it a different way. If you had access to the most powerful weapon ever, ever created, and you knew you—if you had access to that weapon, you could uh, control everything around you. What that? What are? Would you be doing to get control of that? Because as a government or as a country, you would want to be the one who has control over it. Well the human body and the human experience, the spirit of man in us, we are that weapon. We are the one that creates, controls destinies and atmospheres on the earth. We are the ones that are the are the ones that the That Lucifer and his demonic hosts are after, because if they can control us, then they can control creating on the earth whatever they want. Now, what does that mean? Uh, If they can control you and control on the earth whatever they want, that means you can control, because you are the living creature. And and that's the truth, that we have been made a little lower than God to be like God, but with a heart of love. And that's what the demonstration of Jesus came to show us, number one, how to love one another, but also how to live in a realm that is the way it is in heaven all the time. In heaven, miracles are common, pl- what we, what we call miracles are commonplace because you wouldn't even get sick because you'd always be well. What would it be like if you never had a problem? If you grew up and never had a problem, because the minute something came as uh, an appearance of a problem, you could immediately just speak to it and it would dissolve in front of you. If no problems ever could touch you because we're created in a world to, that, it, that need what wants to obey us, then what, what, what the enemy has done is erased that part of our memory, so to speak. They have taken away from us the ability to know that we win all the time. Yeah, we do. When we are in Christ, Christ won even in his death. He did that. He died because he allowed himself to be crucified. There was no way that a ever could have killed him, taken him, or killed, crucified him if he didn't lay down his life. And he laid it down for you. He laid it down for me. He laid it down so that all of us could grasp that the love of the creator, the super creator of all, okay, that the love of God that surpasses all understanding came himself in Christ and absorbed the pain and suffering that we were supposed to uh, have and would have had in the pit of hell for eternity, but he came to deliver us from it. So he absorbed it, paid the price, and now bought us back. So that we are delivered from every evil of this present world. You know, um, in heaven, in, when we get to the realm of heaven, the place called heaven, y- you will not learn anymore. There will be no learning. No, there will be discerning. The difference is when Adam fell, He went from discerning to learning. If you have all access to all data, all data, everything, if it's just automatically present in you, then you are no longer learning about it because you don't need to. It's it's kinda like okay, it's kinda like if you are someone that takes a lot of video and pictures and you have them all stored on a hard drive. But then you say, boy, maybe the hard drive isn't secure enough. Let's put it in the cloud. So you buy into a server system where you can upload all your precious things. And they're always there. They're always there. Because what happens in the cloud scenario is that they're on a hard drive, on a server, but there's backups to the backups to the backups. So if something happens, it's still there. So you just know it's already there. If all your pictures are already there, you don't have to go back and relearn, uh, the organization of the pictures or the organization of how it got there. It's just discerning which ones you want to look at because it's already there. In God's world, all, all things that all information, all of Everything is all there. So we no longer have to learn it. We have to discern which is the best scenario for now. And then allow that information to go to work for us so that we can uh, have it operate in our life. Just go watch the pictures. Don't have to reload them again. You don't have to rethink it again. It's all been thought through. You thought it through, put it on the cloud. Now it's good. In God's case, he thought it all through, put it up on his servers or his, in his world in, in a, in a realm of data that we can access and each one of us discern what we need or want. We no longer have to learn it. So let's read a couple scriptures here because uh... The, it's amazing to me how the bible just tells us everything it truly does you know when it tells us that we have been redeemed from sickness and and from death i mean we had to by faith believe that you know the first time you heard about jesus it was an it was a leap of faith inside of you or me that said i believe that i receive that, and I believe that, and I say it with my mouth, Father, I receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. So we have to believe it, then we have to say it. Here in Isaiah 53, verse 4 and 5, surely he has borne our griefs, sicknesses, weaknesses, and distresses, and carried our sorrows and pains of punishment. Yet we ignorantly considered him stricken, smitten, and afflicted by God as if with leprosy. But he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our guilt and inequities, the chastisement needful to obtain peace and well-being for us was upon him. And with the stripes, the wounds, the the deep stripes uh, that wounded him, we are healed and made whole. Now let's go back over that because sometimes we just read these things and there's so much in them. So surely he bore our griefs. Okay, Jesus took on... The griefs that you have, whatever you're grieving, if you're missing someone who passed away, if you're grieving because you don't feel like you are uh, good looking enough or healthy enough, or I don't know what, but people grieve over different things. Okay, so he bore our griefs, our sicknesses, our weaknesses, and our distresses. Do you have any weaknesses? Are you ever reminded of your weaknesses? Like you're going along real strong and everything's good and then all of a sudden you have a weakness and you go, "Man, why did I say that? Or why did I do that? Or why?" And you beat yourself up with it. Jesus bore it. He took all of it. So he bore our sicknesses. You sh- we sick, are you sick? We shouldn't be sick. He took it. Jesus took it. Not not, it wasn't put on him like leprosy, it says here. He took it. He did it on purpose so that you don't have to have it. We have to get this because this is important. And he carried our sorrows and our pains of punishment. Are you feeling guilty? Do you feel that you need to be punished because you did things wrong in the past? Jesus carried that. He took all the pains of our punishment. Yet we ignorantly, stupidly, as humans, considered him stricken. Like, look at him. He got beat up, man, and afflicted by God. God did this to Jesus, as if with leprosy. No! God did not do it to Jesus. Jesus took it. So you don't have to have it. We have to, our minds keep logically saying we don't understand, but we have to discern what took place here. God didn't put anything on Jesus. God was Jesus. He sent himself in Jesus to take what we were supposed to have. So if you have a sickness, if we have a pain, if we have a weakness, or if we are anything, Jesus already took it so you can say to that pain, get off me. You have no legal authority to be here. My Savior came here and absorbed you. And if I if you're on me it's a double payment. So get off me. You have no authority to be here. I don't deny that you tried to be here. I don't deny how I feel. I don't deny what I see. But I'll tell you what. You do not have a, the right to be on me because my savior took it. He obs- he actually felt what you're going through. Every one of us that wasn't even yet born, and Jesus absorbed it, paid the price for it. How do you feel when you go online and order something, and it comes and came to your front door and was delivered, and someone scoffs it up or takes it before you get to get it? You saw it on your little video camera from your bell, doorbell or camera, but they took it. You didn't get it. You paid for it, but they stole it. Now that's what's taking place when we don't have walk in the victory that Jesus provided. It's delivered to our doorstep and Satan comes to steal. Kill and destroy. So he wants to steal the word that says Jesus bore your sickness. You don't have to. Oh come on, are you mean? Oh you mean I don't have to? God's probably teaching me something with this that I'm going through. No, He's not. Will you learn something? Yes, you will. But God did not choose that method to teach you. Learning is different than discerning God would rather you discern that that's not good, realize Jesus bore you bore it for you and tell it to get off of you. It has no right to be there. Oh, art I tried that stuff? Never works for me. Well, it's working because of what you just said now. What happens is we get the revelation. See, discernment requires revelation. The revelation that God already paid the price is a revelation. Now you have to discern that you want to take that stand and not let, not back off. You're not going to back off at all. We're going to take that stand and we are going to know that what jesus paid for i i want it now i want it right now and we have to understand that the minute we take that stand of course there's pushback satan comes and starts telling you what are you kidding me do you think god wanted to take your pain from you you know you never know how god does things he's so mysterious He probably wants you to have it because you're going to learn something from it. So there are those people who buy back into the fact that, well, look, you know, I'm a sinner and I I don't deserve to be healed. So I guess I'm just going to have to, quote, live with it. And when you decide that you're going to live with it, you have decided that you are going to live with it. Your faith is at rest. You're not using faith. Your faith says you have been redeemed from the curse that's attached to the breaking of the law. For poverty, you've been granted wealth. For sickness, you've been granted health. And for death, you've been given eternal life. Well, I believe I'm going to have eternal life. Well, everybody's going to have eternal life. There's no question about that. Where are you spending it? That matters. Have you surrendered to the fact that Jesus is your Savior? Did he die on the cross for you? Yes. Yes, Art, I have accepted that. Okay. Well, if he died for you and took your sins in him, you were co-crucified with him on the cross, and now that debt for any wrongdoing that you have in your life has been paid. So why, question, why would you or anyone Walk around feeling guilty because of something you did wrong. As long as you acknowledge it's wrong, you come under the payment that he made. So get rid of the guilt. Get rid of the unworthiness. One of the biggest problems every Christian faces is discovering who they really are in Christ? Who are you? It says here that Jesus thought you were so special that He was wounded for your transgressions. Do you have any transgressions? Oh yeah, I saw. I'm a, I'm, I qualify. I qualify. I've got transgressions. You've got transgressions. Things that were not we did that were not the way God wanted them done but he was wounded because of it. Are you going to say he his wound wasn't worth it? He didn't need to do that for you because you're going to carry it anyway? You don't want to believe or take the payment, so you're going to let that part of his experience where he felt your pain, your sorrow, be wasted because you want to take it also? think about it. He took it. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our guilt. Are you feeling guilty that you didn't do something for someone, that you didn't do enough, that you were a a bad partner, a bad Parent, a bad business person, you hurt people. Are you feeling guilty? He was bruised for our guilt and inequities. The chastisement needful to obtain peace in us. We needed to be chastised, to be cleaned, to have peace. If you don't have peace, then you aren't taking the what God, what Jesus bore for you to have peace. And well-being for us was upon him. Our whole well-being. He took it so we could have well-being. And with the stripes, the wounds, the deep lashes that he had on him, we are, now are going to be, we are healed and made whole. Not healed and made whole. When you're made whole, everything in your life is whole. Your pain is gone. He bore it. Do you not believe that? Do we not believe that he bore it? Do we not believe? What do you believe about the cross? What do you think it was all about? We have been deceived, and in a lot of cases, the church itself has just simply not taught enough about what it meant for him to be crucified. This is a real event that took place it's historical. It is very real. And it is a process by which all of creation, all of all that was ever created by the Master Creator, all of it comes under the cross. He put himself, God the Creator, could have came here as a dictator could have been a Hitler, could have been a anyone, and said, you're going to serve me. But all that would have done was bring back on him, because what, go, what you sow, you reap. So what, if he would have done that, then all of the, the, the fear that comes in serving a dictator would have been back on him, and the whole realm would have been now existing in fear. He chose love because he wants love to come back, love to be the very essence of what we think of when we think of the Creator. So as all the world is looking for aliens, as all of the world is looking for evidence that there was another race here, which there was, read the Bible. Demons came here and are still here. And they were in physical form at one point, and we'll come back that way. But so are the angels. And so is God has dealt with all of that for you and for me. You have been given, and given the the whole power and dominion over every demon, every demonic event that's going on in this planet. Yet, people walk around in ignorance that they have been given that power. We need to understand who we are, understand what it meant when Jesus, the Christ, went to the cross. He went to the cross for you and for me. What does that mean? How should you be living today? How should your life be today? There are people around the world that if they knew the gospel, it would transform their very existence every single moment of their life. So here we are. What will we do now? We're out of time on this segment. And we're going to take a break. But When we come back, we're going to talk more about who we are in Christ and how it works for us.
0: It's about space. It's about saving the human race. It's about hate. It's about love. It's about everything above. It's about war. It's about peace. It's about changing history. It's about you. It's about me. It's about time.
1: Broadcasting live from historic West Norton Township. This is AM 1180, AM 1180, WFYL, King of Prussia, Philadelphia.
0: It's about time. It's about space. It's about saving the human race. It's about hate. It's about love. It's about everything above. It's about war. It's about peace. It's about changing history. It's about you. It's about me. It's about time.
1: And we're back, and uh, thanks for hanging in there during this short little break we take uh, to come back and learn more about being all in with the Lord. I don't know if we recognize how valuable each human life is. In order to have a body, and earth suit like we have, you had to be born, you know, and when you were born, you had a mother. For those people that don't know how to um, describe today, what did they say, Um, could you tell us the definition of a woman? All you have to do is look and see who your mother was, and that is the definition. So for those that are a little confused, take a look at your mother, and if she's no longer with us, think about your mother and what she did for you, because that's the only way into this planet. However, once we get here, we're faced with all of the misinformation and all the people who think they have figured out, figured out all the solar systems, all the planets, all of crea- They There are scientists that just think they've got it all figured out. Let me ask you a question, Mr. Scientist. When all these UFO si- sightings are seen and these things are zipping across the atmosphere why are there no sparks or friction like when when we send a missile up and it comes back into the atmosphere and the fire there they have to have the shield in order to protect it why is it not showing up on those items think about it on those so-called ufo spaceship because they're not operating under the rules and the physics of this world they're operating under the rules of a different realm they're coming from a spiritual realm and entering into a physical realm and they're not operating that way therefore they don't have they're not subject to those rules when Jesus reached across into the heavenly realm we he was no longer subject to being under the rules when we're told it takes months or weeks six to eight weeks to to simply uh, Heal a broken arm or leg or whatever. you could. He could reach into that realm and have an instant thing take place. How about the wine? How long does it take to make good wine? Yet Jesus made good wine in a few minutes by having them fill the containers with water. And he was able to reach into a realm that we think we understand, but we don't. It's called heaven. And it is an opportunity for us to see things happen in this realm, when they're actually under the rules of another realm, and that's what we're learning. So let's talk about this. Here's uh, another scripture: It's Jude uh, chapter twenty. But you beloved, build yourselves up, founded on the most holy faith, make progress, rise like an edifice higher and higher, praying in the Holy Spirit. Wow! Let's read it again. But you, beloved, build yourselves up. Don't put yourself down. Build yourself up. Found it on your most holy faith. So how you build yourself up is to know what your faith is. Your faith in God. Your faith in Jesus. Make progress. Rise like an edifice, higher and higher. We are to become higher and higher, not lower and lower. Not broke, busted, sick, and disgusted. Higher and higher. Blessed, more blessed, more blessed, prosperous, healthy. Rise up. How do you do that? Praying in the Holy Spirit. The gift of praying in the Spirit. Have you never prayed in the Spirit? Have you tried to pray in the Spirit? Ask the Lord to show you how to pray in the Holy Spirit, in the gift of tongues, to speak in tongues, to pray in not a foreign language, but tongues, which is a mystery. That is a mystery language that's between you and God. And when you pray in tongues over yourself or whoever you're praying for, you are Absolutely praying for God's perfect will in your life. And that's why it's so powerful. And that's why Satan doesn't even want you to believe it's real. He doesn't want you to think it's real. He does, because it bypasses the brain. The brain is all logic and it's telling you what to think based on what you learned in the past. That's what your brain does. Discerning comes from within. Adam discerned from the, the inner connection he had with God's world and all of the data. Why do you think it was said that Adam committed high treason? What made him commit high treason? Think about it. Treason. What is treason? Treason is when someone betrays their country by giving very uh, important information or delicate information to the enemy. Well, when Adam bit into the apple of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, he allowed Lucifer to access him and he had the connection to all the data that God ever created cuz Adam lived by discernment. So in order for God to cut Satan off from getting all the privileged information, he had to cut Adam off because now Satan had taken over Adam's life. So when he cut Adam off of that discernment, the tree of life was shut off. That light bulb went off. Adam no longer had discernment. He now had to go outside the body to learn how everything worked from the outside in, not the inside out. Discernment is what he had. Now he had to live by the knowledge of the tree of good and evil, which means you had to learn right from wrong, learn how things work, learn everything, which is where all of us in the world are today. Very learned people. But when Jesus came, he gave us the opportunity to reconnect into the tree of life by being born again. And by being born again, we were now able to go back into that inner tree of life, and go back into discernment rather than learnment. But people insist on learning, not discerning. So now we learn how to activate our faith, which is the element that is necessary in order for us to discern instead of learn and when we discern internally what god is give when we pray for something and god drops an answer into our spirit we now have to take that answer above what we learn logically what do you think peter had to do when he got out of the boat and thought he could walk on water to jesus his mind in his head said this is not possible It's not logical. It's not anything that we know is true. Yet for those few seconds where he just trusted and believed, he was walking on water. And then he started to sink when he looked at the waves because logically his mind said, this, this is, this can't be real. But Jesus, of course, lifted him up. So it's in not leaning on what we've learned. It's on asking God to help us discern how to reach into this other realm and pull into this realm whatever we, whatever we want. Because that was the original life that Adam lived. Now, you and I, as born-again believers, have to exercise that faith muscle. If you don't exercise your muscle, if you don't exercise your faith, then it will not work. We have to reach inward and get revelation knowledge. And we get that by praying in the Holy Spirit. So pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. I don't know how. Pray in the Spirit. Just start praying out loud, praising God, praising God, thanking God. He will do the rest. Psalm 34, 1. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praises shall continually be in my mouth. Now, what happens when you pray for something and you agree in prayer, Father, I believe that I receive this that I'm praying for. At that moment, in the invisible world, in the quantum world, the world that you cannot see, answer to your prayer has begun. You can't see it, but a fire has begun, and it will continue to get bigger and bigger until you see the manifestation of your prayer, unless you become double-minded. And so what do you do? What do you do from the time you said, Amen, I prayed, till the time it manifests and shows up in your life? Here it is. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. That's what you do. From the time you pray that it's done, thy will be done now on earth as it is in heaven. That bill is paid now on earth as it is in heaven. My body is healed now. On earth as it already is in heaven and I will bless the Lord now at all times and he, his praise will continually be in my mouth. That's what you do. That's, well, that's not possible art because I just can't sit there praising God all day. Why not? What else you got to do that's more important than getting that prayer answered from the moment you say amen till from that point on you are to th- not mention that you don't have that need ever again you just keep thanking and praising god that it's already been met he bore our griefs he bore our sickness he bore our poverty for poverty he's given us wealth for sickness he's given us health for death he's given us eternal life every single born again christian could, I'm not saying they will, but could and has the right to be a billionaire and a healthy living person. I'm not saying they will, but they have the legal right to. The price was paid. Will you receive it? Not with your thinking, because your thinking head says, what the heck is he talking about? This guy is literally crazy. It's not your thinking part. It is your discerning part. It is revelation knowledge into the spirit realm that pulls it into the physical realm. When these people are seeing things in the sky, it's from a different realm, and it's appearing momentarily in this realm. How about if you call things that are not as though they are from another realm, they will materialize in this realm? That's the system. Let's read Proverbs 20:27. 20, the spirit of a man, the factor in the human personality, which proceeds immediately from God, is the lamp of the Lord, searching all of his innermost parts. Whoa, let's read that again. The spirit of a man, your spirit, your personality, came from God, but it's in you. Is the lamp of the Lord. So your, your spirit is your lamp, internal lamp, searching all of his innermost parts. Whose parts? God's. Turn your lamp on. Your spirit is your lamp and you got to turn the light up because internally you can search all of the innermost parts of God. Yeah. You can! It's inside of us. When we are born again, the light gets relit. The lamp. Boom! Now, you're born again. Now you need to turn up the light and look around. Inside, not outside. Anybody who's born on this earth can tell me if you touch a stove, it's hot. And if you stick yourself with a pin, it hurts. And and they're just outside examples of things that are. You can tell me, look, you know, if I go outside and I don't have enough clothes on and it's very cold out, I'll freeze. That's correct. But that's not what we're talking about. We're not learning from the outside in now. We're talking about the inside out. You got to go inside and ask the Lord to give you revelation knowledge on how everything works and how you can receive from God today. Whatever it is you're asking for. That's how we're supposed to live. Here in Revelation twelve nine, and the huge dragon was cast down and out, the age old serpent who is called the devil and Satan, who he who is the seducer, the deceiver of all humanity, the world over. He was forced out and down to the earth, and his angels were flung out along with him. Where is he? In the earth. What is he doing? Deceiving you. Deceiving people every day. It's demonic. Everything that's not of God on this earth is originated and coming from the demonic side. He was flung to the earth. And he came here to get you and me and everyone he could, because we are God's precious people, God's prize, the precious human race that he made in his own image and likeness. So he came here to get you, to trick you, to trick you into not knowing who you are, that you are literally a son or daughter of the creator of all eternity. And yet, Lucifer is here with his demons. We don't know how many. It says one-third came with him. That's a lot. We know there's billions of angels, God's angels, that are available to us every day. Well, how many of demons there are? They're here. They're not as prevalent sometimes in some countries, like the, like here in this country where Christianity is so strong. But around the world, you can see them lots of different places, and they are here too, but they show up kind of deceivingly in weird ways where you don't obviously see them. So he's here. There is an adversary, but you have Jesus the Christ. And we can discern through revelation knowledge how to have dominion over every circumstance and situation that we come up against. First John 5 and verse 19, we know positively that we are of God, and the whole world around us is under the power of the evil one. First John five nineteen. The whole world around us is under the power of the evil one. Now, do you want to be one of them? Do you want to be under his power? Or do you want to no longer participate in being under his power? Jesus came that he you could have life and have it more abundantly. He was made poor that through his poverty you may become abundant. We have to begin to realize who we are. Because then once you realize who you are, once you realize that you're a king's kid, and once you realize that the king has provided everything you will ever need, then you get a little upset that you don't have it. Because it's being stolen from every day, people don't have things, and they're broke, busted, sick, and disgusted because the enemy has stolen them. And our country is being run by people who have no clue, clueless about what we're talking about. So therefore, if you're not, if you're clueless about it, how could you stop it? Actually, you play right into it, because the de- demonic activity. If there's a if there is uh, an abundance of demonic activity in America. It's in Washington. It's that's where they gather, because whoever gets sent there and voted in, they're the ones they're after the most. That's why so many get in troubles. There's a lot of good people who were sent to Washington, but when they get there, the pressure and the demonic activity is intense. That's where we need the most help. That's where we need to be praying for people who are sent there, that once they get there, they're strong enough to continue doing the, the, wor- the work that they were sent to do. We need to pray for them. We need to pray for this country. We need to pray for the banks. We need to pray for the monetary system. Pray for everything. This country lived free a long time. Satan would like nothing more than to put you under the control of a demon. And that's his goal. And I can read that to you in Revelation. The day is coming. You probably won't be here if you're a born-again Christian. You'll be taken out before then. But the day is coming when everything will be ruled through a one-world system. And they're trying to line it up right now. The World Banking System, the World Economic Forum, they're lining it up. They want every single transaction and every single move you make to be controlled by a transaction. What if you saved plenty of money to retire and you could live a peaceful life away from all this, but all of a sudden your money is controlled on where you can spend it or how you can spend it? We think you're giving too much to the gospel, so we're not going to—you can only give this amount. We shut that off if you give too much. You think I'm kidding? You think that day isn't trying to come? It's time for the body of Christ to realize where we are in time. And this is an amazing time. It is the best time ever to be alive. But we need to be above it, not below it. You need to know who you are in Christ. We need to know who we are as divine kings of the king. When Jesus said he's king of kings and Lord of lords, you are a king's kid. And we need to understand who we are. Matthew fourteen twenty-five through 28. When his disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, It is a ghost. It can't be him. It's a ghost. And they screamed out, screamed out with fright. But instantly he spoke to them saying, Take courage. Have courage. I am. It is I. Stop being afraid. And Peter answered him, Okay, Lord, I'll stop being afraid. But if it's you command me to come to you on the water. And then we know what happened. For a minute, for a second or two, he was on the water. And then he looked at the waves instead of Jesus. Jesus was not operating in this realm. But <clears throat> he was operating from another realm, As but he brought it into this realm. Amazing, isn't it? How everything is right here at hand, and yet We we have to learn to take it into this realm, pull it in, act like we're in that realm. We are born again. We have been delivered from every evil of this present world. We have been delivered. We have been delivered from every evil. No weapon formed against us can prosper. What are weapons formed against? Poverty, sickness, death. Pain, grief. What did I read in the beginning? Jesus bore all those. No weapon formed against us can prosper, for our righteousness is of the Lord. What does that mean? You were never righteous, but Jesus bore your unrighteousness and he traded you. He made you righteous. Our righteousness is of the Lord. Start acting like you're worthy. Start acting like you're righteous. I know it's hard when, you, when you're when you beat up and tired. And a lot of Christians are tired because they've been trying this a long time. But this is the day where the Lord opens the revelation knowledge in your heart. And he says to you, Now, the things that didn't work will work now. I want you to believe and receive my gospel. The good news that I have delivered you from every evil of this present world. He didn't mean when you go to heaven. I have delivered you from every evil of this present world. And that's where no weapon formed against us can prosper, for our righteousness is of the Lord. We need to begin to discern and act like we know that. We have been delivered. We have been delivered. Second Corinthians 4.16, wow, I'm out of time. Therefore, we do not become discouraged or exhausted. Though our outer man is progressively decaying and wasting away, yet our inner self is being progressively renewed day by day. You are being renewed. We are being renewed. Allow yourself, through discernment, to be renewed. Pray in the Holy Spirit. Pray for God's perfect will. Ask that your eyes of understanding would be made open to clearly see the perfect will of God in your life. I hope you had a good time on this program. I hope you got something out of it. But you, my friends, are sons and daughters of the Most High God. See you next week. It's about time.
0: It's about space. It's about saving the human race. It's about hate. It's about love. It's about everything above. It's about war. It's about peace, it's about changing history, it's about you, it's about me, it's about time